0: I think that it's just so helpful for people to understand that, like, they matter to other folks, you know, and not just on a surface level. Like, there's a bigger picture here and taking care of myself so that I can be present for the situation that's going to happen 10 years from now.
1: Like, oh, yeah. Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to learn who they are, what they do, and why they do it. This is episode number 83, Kara Michelle Nether, Aikido, Wellness, and Honesty. Unexpectedly inheriting an Aikido school may sound overwhelming, but Kara Michelle Nether took it in stride. She sits down to share her journey in Aikido and acupuncture and what she's learned from both. Cara Michelle unpacks her views on overall health and how she helps people improve their lives by focusing on their why. She discusses her grandmother, the importance of self awareness, and her thoughts on Aikido's usefulness. Cara Michelle is the owner of Strength and Vitality Wellness Center, where her mission is to help people feel their best. She uses a comprehensive approach, treating her clients with acupuncture, nutrition, and movement. In addition to her work at Strength and Vitality Wellness Center, Cara Michelle is also the founder and lead instructor at Falls Road Aikido. Cara, what do you prefer? Because I've always called you Cara Michelle, and I think that's what you prefer. I do. I right. do Don't, don't, I do. Like, don't mm-hmm. drop the Michelle. So Cara Michelle, you and I know each other I actually don't know how many years it's been. It's got to be since 2005, 2004. I
0: started Aikido in 2004, October.
1: 2004. So we have, I'm going to say a relatively extensive Aikido uh, experience, but we've not really spent a lot of time hanging out. And I was racking my brain for people who um, I know, like who do I know that does a lot with movement that I haven't really had a fun conversation with. And you sprung to mind because we've spent hours and hours and hours and hours together, (laughs) hitting each other, sweating, being thrown, all these things. But we haven't really like, you know, let's hang out. We had one, there was one time when I came down to visit one of your schools for a seminar that you were having and I, I spent the night and we had like one meal and a cup of tea, but we never really had a chance to sit down and chat. So I was thinking I should run down to Maryland, it's not that far, and talk to Cara Michelle. So that's what brings me to you today so first of all thank you for taking the time for sitting down and i'm wondering one of the places that i thought you know i've always wondered is i'm assuming that you started your studies in manual therapy and acupuncture before you had any bug in your mind about taking up aikido and I'm wondering if you can tell me, what was it like when you first discovered Aikido? What was it that you, maybe I'm guessing, saw in that movement practice that made you think, I want to add that to who I am?
0: Yeah. You know, I learned about Aikido probably uh, six or seven years before I started. This is when I was actually living in Delaware. And I was, it was a fair, and I went with a couple of friends, and I saw an Aikido demonstration and in that moment, I knew this was really what I needed to do for myself. You know, I had a, a I would say, a, I had a tough time sorting through myself when I was younger, trying to figure out what do I believe about me, what is okay about me. My parents had a difficult time with my sexuality. And being a, a lesbian 20 years ago was not as easy as it is today. And my, uh, when I saw Aikido, I was just like, wow, you know, like we can just move together like that and be easy in that way. And nobody's really, even though you need an attacker, you need an uki, it's like we're trying to figure this thing out together. Like just watching that demonstration, I saw that. Hmm. But at the time, I was thinking about moving and doing a bunch of other things. So I never I didn't take, my, take a, an opportunity to jump into it. And so when I had an opportunity uh, years later, I thought I was in graduate school for acupuncture. And when you finish all of your classwork, you have your clinical time. Mm. And so you end up with a little extra time in in your day. And I thought, you know, this is a good time for me to start thinking about this. For some reason, martial arts was just always the right thing for me, even though I didn't practice it when I was young at all. Mm. Mm. And so I started searching for schools. You know, there's a lot of bravado that can show up in like in uh, martial arts dojos. And it's just, I knew instinctually that that's not what I needed. So I looked at this school and looked at that school. I probably interviewed. I call it interviewed. Right? Absolutely. Probably about five or six schools. And then I was looking and I found this last one all the way out in Mount Airy. <laughs> Mount Airy, Maryland. <laughs> which was, you know, I was like, wow, you know, I saw it before, but it was like too far to go. And good 45 minute drive. mm but when I went, I said, "You know, let me just check out this last one." So I went for a class, and man, it was the, one of the greatest things I'd ever seen. <laughs> I have to say that that is one of the greatest experiences of Aikido that I've had. It's just that initial class. Mm. Just a little small, you remember that Dojo. It was just a little small <laughs> I'm, little I'm
1: not laughing at you, right? I'm laughing yes. with you because because I know exactly whose dojo that was, and we used to call it we used to call it the angry shoebox. Yes. But it <laughs> yes. was the size of a shoe box, the ceiling was low, yeah, there was no there was no office. Panel mat. walls the panel on walls. there,
0: and, and but I walked in, people were nice, they're trying to figure me out, I'm trying to figure them out. But we just practiced mm. and it was honest practice. And I looked up and there was water, sweat coming down <laughs> on the side of the walls, you know. And at the end, we we huddled up together and talked about how this is going to make us be a better person. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm in. I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to get, you know, like adding on another 45 minutes, you know. I'm trying to do my clinicals and all of that. But it's like it, there was nothing else to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just been really a really fantastic journey. and. You know, Unfortunately, Sensei's not around anymore, but it just kind of worked out easy for me because the fact that he moved out there to Arizona, yeah, to Arizona right. and I didn't see him physically you know, very much at all. I went to visit him a couple times, but it's easy for me to not to accept the fact that he's gone because I really didn't see him much anyway, you know? Right. So,
1: yeah. So that was your first exposure to Aikido. Mm-hmm. How did that affect your personal relationships or your relationship with your co-workers, your co-graduate students.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, as I said before, I I feel like I was really struggling a lot when I was younger. And when I started this acupuncture program, this master's degree program, I went there because I needed support. I needed to figure out who I was. That's Mm. why I went. You know, I was in a lot of relationships and in and out and really feeling like I don't want my life to be this kind of revolving door. You know, I want it to feel more smooth and easy, you know. And a friend of mine had gone to the acupuncture program, and I got a chance to go to some of the classes with her when she was kind of interviewing the school. Mm. And the Taoist and Confucianist philosophy that they were talking about there, again, it was like, I I have to do this. You know, those two, going to the master's degree program in acupuncture at this particular school, and also Aikido, I think makes me the person that I am now. Without those two, I just really feel like I'd still be struggling, trying to find a, you know, it's just hard. It's hard sometimes when everyone and everything is telling you that you're not okay. It's hard to find that place of being okay. Hmm. And the school just helped me understand more about the fact that it's okay for other people to disagree, that we don't need everyone to be on our same page. What we need is to be respectful of one another and work together. We don't have to see things eye to eye and that that's okay. Never been taught that before. Mm. And Aikido, of course, is that. That is all that it is. You know, it's so funny. You know, when you start uh, something, I, I haven't practiced too many other martial arts, so I can't speak for all martial artists, but... I think that all the different students that I've seen over the years, you know, I think I'm on 17 years of this, of Aikido. I think that people come in having this understanding, this idea of what they're getting themselves into.
1: Hmm. You know? I would agree very much, yes. Yeah,
0: and it's only, I'll just speak for kinakawa, it's only the people who are willing to let that go, and receive the information that we're trying to share with them now, those are the people who last and that, that really find some benefit from it. Because it's not about fighting. And when you see martial arts, that's all we think. You know, you see those kung fu shows when you are kids. And, right. And you just think that, okay, I'm just going to get in there. We're going to throw each other around. We're going to tussle, gonna... right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, so those two programs just really, I don't know, they just changed my life completely, completely. I'm easier now to let things go. I don't it's okay if it's not if it's not exactly how I thought it was supposed to be or the way somebody else thought it was supposed to be. It's okay. Mm. And I got that from Ron Dory. Mm. You know, they're all gonna come with their own story.
1: That's an excellent point. I think uh, so. a little bit of Aikido unpacking. If you don't know what we're talking about, randori is a Japanese word, which basically means chaos taking or chaos practice. If you've seen it on YouTube, it's a bunch of people attacking one guy in the middle. There's different ways to do it with different weapons, different grabs. But the idea that what you said of each of us comes with our own story clicks exactly with what I think when doing Rondori, when being the person in the center who's doing the the activity, yeah. is that each of those, they're called uke, the attackers, each of those people bringing something to you, they literally show up with their own story every second as they get up off the mat to come back for the next and the next and the next. Yeah, And um, I don't think I've ever actually made that bridge of, you know, how everybody brings their own story to like, whoa well, that actually happens in Rondori, literally.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I see it that way because that's what I needed. I needed to understand how to figure out, to be, how to figure out how to be with everybody else's story. Mm. And yeah, it's just amazing. It's amazing. You know, you, you have these opportunities to try different things. And you always have a thousand opportunities to try different things. At some point, something clicks. You know, Mm. hopefully we all find something that really helps push us in the direction that we want our lives to be. And I'm just forever grateful. Forever grateful.
1: Yeah, it is quite the serendipitous connection of, of things to come together for that to happen to you. But I'm glad that it did. I think you're one of, I mean, there are many, many people that I've trained with that are fun, but you're one of the people that I've always found was fun and challenging in a good way because we're, we're different sizes. Like we're, our body types are vastly different. My wrists are like the size of your thighs, you know, like it's <laughs> right. a whole different, a whole different animal. And it, anytime that you're interacting with someone, and now I'm talking like specifically in Aikido, but also generally in life, if you're interacting with someone who is very similar to you, then I think it would, it's easier, it's very easy to just be like, well, well, the me that I am sure. is very much like you. So there we go. But when you are, when you have the opportunity, when you're challenged by somebody whose story is different or whose experience difference whose physical body is different then that, I think is a rare chance to like for you to rise and grow. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, I do that a lot. <laughs> did you find, so, I mean, it seems clear how this is like feeds circularly into your, you know, upward spiral of self-improvement. And I'm wondering if you've, gleaned anything from, I'm going to say, I know you haven't been teaching for 17 years, but from 17 years of like showing up at dojos and training, if there's any common thread you see about how people who come in make a mistake. So like they come in and you're like, you know, cause you're like that student's not going to like, that's not going to work. And that one, that, that one's going to work. Um, because I think most people don't do martial arts, but I think there's a full lesson there. And I'm wondering if you've ever managed to like distill out a suggestion or a thing that because I always think of the empty and an emptier cup mm-hmm. sort of metaphor. Uh, but I'm wondering if there's anything that you can point to that you can say, well, here's something in particular that I see that students do that causes them to be successful in their self-improvement journey, not so much in their leveling up in the ranks kind of journey. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I'd like to talk about that from both sides, things that people do that make them successful and things that people do that make them not so <laughs> successful. Excellent point. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I, actually I, it's so nice actually to have you here. Well, thank you. want to say that out loud. You've been a very important partner in my journey in keto, and I just really, really, really appreciate seeing your your face today.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. I I was, I mean, like we I don't normally talk about um, topical new stuff, but COVID is just you can't avoid it, and it's we were like, I think if we come down, like we're just going to come down visit you. We're not going to stay, and like my I've been actually. Quarantine, not because I have COVID, but for other medical reasons. So it's like, all right, this is kind of a balanced risk that we're going to take today. Um, yeah. And we're sitting further apart, which kind of bums me out. Like normally we'd be like half the distance. We're like, well, let's sit further apart. And anyway, I'm off on a Craig tangent. Yeah, but-, but but thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. I I do think that I never really thought of myself as having students, but you were always one of the most fun people for me to get. I'm like, oh, Cara Michelle's coming up for seminar. Yes, mm-hmm. we can go play. Yeah. So yeah, I I agree with you, and thank you. That was
0: always the. The benefit of coming up there is I knew you were going to grab me and practice (laughs) with me all the time. And it was also the curse,
1: you know. (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, you know, when you're when you're when you are trying to sort something out, it's just difficult sometimes. You know, we can can make it and we can make it harder for ourselves, too. So it was just. I know I want to practice with him, but man, he's just going to run me in the ground. You, okay. Did you ever meet Mike
1: Giamatti? I don't know if you ever met Mike Giamatti no. was one of Sensei Worth's, who is like our, uh, your teacher's teacher and my teacher. So Sensei Worth, who we've both trained with a ton, Sensei Worth had a really like, a high-ranking brown belt that was like the, the uke of the day. Okay. His name was Mike Giamatti when I started. So when I showed up, Mike was like the guy that Sensei was throwing around. I see. Mike Giamatti threw me on the floor once. On the first day that I ever came in the dojo to train, one throw, before I got up, he went, stick around. Sensei's going to like you. Oh,
0: how about
1: that? <laughs> that was Mike Giamatti, like completely pre-action. So when when you say, like what you're describing, it was like, I, I totally, I, I, I get you. I feel you. <laughs> that was what Sensei did. That's what Sensei Kyle did to me. That's what sure, all
0: guys did. Sure, But you have to have it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, a, that's what I mean when I say that I really appreciate all that you how you have influenced my training. That's that's what I mean. You know I mean? It's just, it's it's kind of this weird thing in martial arts that the person who is hardest on you and the person who's throwing you around, and the person who's like, from an outsider's perspective, is really like, what is what's <laughs> going on here? 911, right? Yeah, you know, that's the person that you know that they're doing that because they care, you know, and they really want you to get better. And so I just, I, when Sensei passed away and I, or... Uh, when Sensei got really sick, and I took over the dojo, like all of a sudden that's gone. Like you don't. I'm by myself, starting new with new students, mm-hmm. trying to figure out. Number one, how do I push myself further? But then, how do I help these people who really don't know anything? You know, I had an opportunity to kind of play with some new people when we're in the Mount Airy dojo. But you know, all of a sudden I'm just like, wow, I'm on my own, and I missed that so much. I missed it so much having somebody else around who was better than me, who could really like make me keep looking at myself, Mm. you know, when you're teaching, you just.
1: It's hard to hold up the mirror. Yeah,
0: it really is. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So the students that I think I'm going to say that receive what I, I think is important to them. um, That's going to be important to them if they want to stick around in this and or if that's really going to help them in their everyday journey because you know we're all. That's all. That's the other piece that's kind of amazing. Sometimes is that everyone tries to show up like they got it all together. You know, the <laughs> first couple of classes,
1: right? guilty, guiltiest charge, and Trey. then
0: you get going, and all their stuff starts to show. And but the folks that I think you know kind of get beyond. You know these first couple of belts and kind of stick around to like red and brown and black. I think they really start to understand what it means to have that empty cup we were talking about. Mm. It's so hard to share this information with folks that are constantly thinking that they've got it, that they understand. Right. But we all do that. The like way we all is how how do you move through the day understanding that you don't understand? Like that's a practice that we we don't have very much but that, that's what's necessary i think i mean how do you show folks how to you know extend an unbendable arm and how to be solid when you're key testing and things like that if they if you they won't let your information in yeah. so yeah i mean you know there's a there's a humility
1: humility humility
0: um <laughs> that needs to be mm. you know accessed i think for, for, for folks. And I, you know, I think I flip it over, you know, like that's the thing that I think gets in a lot of people's way. Like, like if you're going to go to do something that's brand new that you've never done before, how does it help you to keep uh, interacting as if you do understand and you do have it,
1: right. you know, where's the learning going to happen?
0: Yeah. where? how can I share with you, you know, anything that's happening, if you're already in your mind that I've got it straight. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a, as you know, it's a totally different way of thinking about yourself and other people and uh, a totally different way of accessing your strengths and evolving around your weaknesses than, you know, you would have, you would, you wouldn't learn this stuff any other place, you know? Mm. So I think that, um, yeah, it's just, you gotta like that. I think, I don't know, maybe you can tell me if I, you know, I feel like I struggled a lot with this, but I wanted it. I wanted it. And so I think I might, in my opinion, I erred more on the other side of not just accepting that I do know
1: a lot. Yeah. Not, yeah, like I agree with your assessment, but yeah, I understand what you're asking. I don't know if I have the answer for you. I was, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point about if one is able to do the empty cup thing, to show up with humility and and to be open to the training, Sensei Worth used to. I don't know if it was Sensei Worth or it was Mike Giamatti, Somebody used to say to me all the time, just just get off the sofa, come to class. We'll do the rest. Like yeah. just just get here with an empty cup. Um, don't go home and practice. Just yeah. just show up. Um, so that if once one gets that part, it is tough. If you really learn that lesson, it's tough to then make that transition. I never, I I was going to say I never had to do this. I don't mean it like a burden, but I never had to like be directly responsible for an entire martial arts school the way that you did. But I did wind up, um, with teaching responsibilities and making decisions and making important decisions that affected the students and, it's tough if you've gotten the humility thing under, I've got this part, then you're like, well, but now somebody has to be at the, the front of the phalanx here. Like somebody has yeah. to be like, all right, we're going to go this way and we're going to do this. And I, I think the key to that is that if you are overly accepting, you immediately realize that you are not being the, uh, the outgoing overt pointy person. And I think it's way easier to develop that pointy, thing than it is. And I, I, I don't know if that's a, a Western slash American culture thing about that. That's harder to develop. I mean, it's, it's easier to develop the pointy part than uh-huh. it is the thing. If culture did that to us or if that's a human nature thing.
0: Yeah. I don't know.
1: But, but yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, my personal journey and my personality, I've always been the outgoing class clown, uh, bully, like physicality type of person. So for me, it was way, way more work and good work. Well, you know, keep doing it. It's way more work to do the empty cup humility thing. Like when I showed up in 1998 at Sensei Worth's dojo in Allentown on the east side, you know, I thought I knew everything. You know, I was like, oh, listen, I got this. This is cool. And and that was like post-college. So, yeah, look out. But so it took years and years and years to like beat that out of me. So then when I needed that other tool, it wasn't hard at all to be like, oh, I have that tool. How much How much yeah. would you like? But I, I think it's interesting and like it, it draws my curiosity to hear, draws my curiosity to hear you say that that was a bit of a challenge to then get that tool out. And it may just be that our, our stories are so different. Like I had that tool in spades. Oh my God, it was a problem. And then you just never had it if that's the case.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's interesting. Did I? That easy for me. You know, I, I do believe that I'm a natural leader, I'm a natural teacher. I'm, I'm very comfortable in that role. And I didn't really want to be there. You know, I love just being a student, showing mm. up, getting smacked around, and then, you know, <laughs> right. and going home and just loving it. And so when the time came, you know, I think it was okay. I, you know, when Sensei Kyle started to not do well, but he would, you know, he would just fight through it and show up at class. He'd be shaken. Yeah, and, that's Kyle. right. right. <laughs> you know, I was okay stepping up and being his or teaching leading other folks. But when he, when he asked me to, to take over the dojo, I, I was like, no, this is not, no, this is not right. I don't, I, this was not part of my plan. Yeah. You know, how am I supposed to do this? No one else was around, you know, uh, the other senior students were off doing their own things. And so, you know, I think it's, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm comfortable with it now. And I think I've done a good job too. That's nice to feel like that. Because when I, I first I would started say So that
1: how many years is the dojo that so then you eventually moved the dojo to uh,
0: Yeah, so we started in Towson.
1: Towson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's basically the same community that you've been that you've moved and they're still teaching and the class are still going. That's kinda of like the proofs in the pudding as a yeah. British. I love that British saying. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Is this any good? I don't know the proofs in the pudding. Yeah.
0: You know, I didn't at the beginning I was just like, I, I don't think that I can I didn't really believe that I was going to be able to convey this information. You know, I wasn't even a second don when we started when I started the dojo in Towson. But I, I, think I did a, a good job with them. Got folks that really.
1: I've I've met years that, you know, like years ago. I've met your students. You're at your, like Renzo and like there's a couple people. I, I, I try not to, to avoid drop names because mm-hmm. now Renzo's oh. like, oh my god, I'm in the podcast, oh, you know. Okay, but, but no, it's fine. It's, but like <laughs> Renzo and all those people that yeah. I've met, that like you know, the person putting show shows. I'm like oh, I, I can see I see Carmichael's fingerprint. Like your mechanistic, they try to mimic, and I'm like, why are you mimicking Cara Michelle? You're like a foot and a half taller than yeah. she is. What are you doing? That's, that doesn't work for you. You know, like the, you can see that. DNA in their, the way that they do Aikido, but you can also see the DNA of like who they've become and how they've changed in their personal journeys. And Mm -hmm. In some ways it's easier for, you know, looking back, it'd be, it was easier for me to see that than you because I only got snapshots. Like I see them like once a year at most, maybe every two years, and it's like, whoa, you are a completely different person, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Whereas as the teacher, you don't notice, you know, you water the plant every day and it just grows a little bit, but you don't see that it yeah. looks completely different than yeah, it did two years ago. Yeah, I think ago. that's
0: true. Like you, uh, Sensei Kyle, you would walk into class and he'd be in his wheelchair and he just knew everything about you and you hardly even spoke to him. And I I chose to learn more about how to do that with my students. Hmm. And so, you know, they walk in and I just I just don't need, don't need to talk. I just walk, how do they speak? How are they... Changing their clothes, how are, you know, putting their bag down—that whole thing, you mm-hmm. know—and and it's so nice, you know. Every once in a while, you know, every six months or something, you kind of see how they're managing themselves a little bit different, and that to me is more important than than really technique. I mean, I I haven't been attacked in many since I was like at the bus stop, you know, and kids were, <laughs> <Right. laughs> were scrapping, scrapping then, you know. So I don't really expect that to be the the to tell as to my growth in Aikido, you know, but. You know, how do we, how are we easy with the difficult things that show up? And, you know, there's always going to be something, you know, like this. You didn't load the dishwasher, right? So now your partner's yapping at you about that, you know, or yeah, I don't know. Off, you know, there's, there's just so many there's things,
1: right? An infinite supply, yes.
0: Yeah. And so the, the, to me, the proof in the pudding is, in terms of how I relayed this information that was relayed to me is seeing them be smoother and easier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that I I tell them like I'd like to be practicing. I like them to be practicing, you know, for another twenty thirty years, you know. But more because I want them to be better people.
1: Yeah, you want them to flourish and grow. I want to see you flourishing and growing for another twenty years. Not so much I want to be slapping you around for twenty years. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know that's so interesting. That what brought this that, that just brought to mind that you know when I was when you were still uh, practicing and we would go. I thought that that was what I should have more of is being, you know, thrown around more, you know, and it's, you know, now as a teacher with, you know, I think I have uh, three black belts and brought up three black belts. It's like, that's the, like, yeah, they get, they get to a certain point. Like, we don't really need, I don't need you to do 20 breakfalls, you know, know, like, so it's, it's, yeah. It's just these little steps you go. Then when you start to get, understand more and more of what this is really going to do for you. Yeah. yeah. It's been such a wonderful thing. You know, I think i stuck with it so long because I, I just felt like it was such a waste to not share what I was given. And I felt a big responsibility for that. And I now that I feel like I've I'm sure that I've done that, it feels okay to kind of step back a little bit. You know, there are things that I would like to to do for myself. I'd like my business to grow a little bit more. I like to take care of things around here. You know, we got a yard, big yard now, and all kinds of projects around the house. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I've struggled with that a quite a bit. Thinking, I don't know, am I letting Sensei down? Am I letting myself down? Am I letting students down? When you stopped practicing, I was so angry with you. So angry. But now I understand, you know, it's like you should only stay for what it is you need. And when when something starts to get, feel like a burden in some way, then you know that's, that's your cue to step back. And so I don't know that I really feel like it's a burden, but it does feel like it keeps me from other things. And I really think that It is very important for my students at some point to just make these decisions for themselves. If you're going, my greatest growth as a practitioner came when I had to really teach folks. And so whenever I'm around, everybody resorts back to my understanding. What what do we should should do here? What's going to happen here? But I don't want that to be the case. I want them, you know, if this is going to go another step, meaning they're going to take over the dojo and run, and then maybe some, one of their students is going to do that, which I would love to see, that means that they've got to feel like they are in charge.
1: Right.
0: And I'd like that. And I, so I got to a point where I started to understand that that's what's got to happen. It helps them and it helps me. And I can kind of pop in when I want to, you know.
1: Karma <laughs> we've, spent ooh, five weeks or so like exchanging emails and deciding what about this data about that data and like trying to figure out when to get together. So we've had a lot of time, the two of us to think about this. It's kind of clear what I have been thinking in advance because it sort of colors where we go with our conversation. But I'm wondering if there was anything in particular that you had in mind that you wanted to bring up or that you wanted to ask me or where you were hoping our conversation would go, that it hasn't yet gone.
0: Yeah. Well, I chose to just let my curiosity go I asked what we might talk about and I got a vague answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's our system. Yes, we
0: have. <laughs> I'm going to let it go. But, you know, I I assumed that uh, you might want to talk about some of the movement classes that I have at my wellness center. When I finished my acupuncture degree, it was like you opened up a, a magic bottle, this way of really supporting people. That where they didn 't necessarily have to have medication or surgery, you know i don 't have any problems with medication or surgery at all. if you need it, you need it right, but I do think that there's a lot of concerns that folks have where they don 't necessarily need to maybe it's it 's easier to to try a modality like acupuncture or looking at nutrition or looking at some movement, some corrective exercises or something like that first before we take those next steps for medication and surgery and so but I, I knew for sure that acupuncture wasn't the end-all be-all. I mm. was excited about it. It was really fantastic to be able to support people. But acupuncture, we're moving blood in the body. And then the question to me is like, well, what's the quality of the blood if people aren't eating well? And so I've spent a lot of, a lot of time studying nutrition, functional nutrition, and trying to understand how to synthesize all of this information that you get when you're taking a course or, studying stuff in a way that people can really receive it and then do something with it. Because I think that's part of the issue. That I think that most people really want to do well for themselves. Right. There's nobody who wakes up in the morning and says, well, I'll just die of heart disease. I don't really care. You know, <laughs> nobody says that. But the information is so complicated sometimes. Right. And uh, complicated when you dig into one subject matter. And then also you get all these variant. Under, variant varying understandings, right? You open up a magazine, somebody's talking about keto. You open up another magazine and somebody's telling you need to be vegan, you right. know? So, so I, I loved figuring out ways to, to, to make it simple and easy for people. That's, that's very exciting to me. And so the same thing with the, with the movement stuff, I became a personal trainer maybe f- six years ago. And you know, partly because I, I had already been sneaking in some exercises here and there, and I thought, well, let me just clean my, my situation up here a little <laughs> yeah, bit, you know?
1: Yes, the personal uh, movement journey, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. And I, the, what, what is, what's exciting to me about the exercise court classes that I'm offering now is that they're not, like, we're not trying to, we're differentiating between fitness and being able to move around, you know, and being
1: Healthy, right?
0: Healthy, yeah. You know, I, I, most of my clients are late forties, fifties, and sixties. You know, a lot of folks are you know, like, like, there's a, a switch that flop that switches a switch that flops for them at some point. You know, like, you know, the kids are, all of a sudden the kids are at college and. You know, they've already, they've got time for themselves now. They're not, you know, giving so much. Yeah,
1: don't have to hustle. Right? No,
0: yeah, right. And so then it like, wow, you know, and, and you know, at some point in our lives, we start to notice like, wow, I didn't bounce back from that quite as
1: quickly. <laughs> yeah, wow. <or>, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> I stepped on a rock two days ago and now I'm hobbling, right?
0: Yeah, right. And so this, this switch turns for folks and then they think, oh, gosh, I really need to figure this out, you know. Now, when I turned 50, it was like, oh, like I could be halfway through my life, which is a very interesting thought. hmm Like halfway through my, like when you're younger, you just think you're going to go on for forever. Mm-hmm. And so I really love the functional exercises that we're doing with folks because I'm not, we're not trying to run 10 miles. We're not trying to do a marathon. We just want you to be able to get up and down off the floor. Mm-hmm. We yeah. want you to be able to, you Take know... Get to the
1: basement, do the laundry, and come back up. That's right.
0: right. That's right. Yeah. And so I think people really love the classes because of that. You know, with, within a couple of weeks, they can start to notice that just our everyday experiences are easier and smoother. And so I'm, I'm very excited about that, and I, I love... I love having a new client who, you know, hasn't really done very much in the last 10 or 15 years and kind of getting started with them. And there's something nice about that brand new space for folks. Same in the dojo, Mm. right? You know, they're kind of figuring this out, trying to, how's my body going to go around this? And mentally they're trying to sort it out too, you know, do I like this? Do I not like this? Is this okay? Is it not okay? And, you know, just to see their progress through that and, you know, being a being a partner to people, I think, is very helpful. I think that a lot of folks feel like they're alone in a lot of situations.
1: Yeah, when you said that, I was thinking about the "I see you" type of comment that you can often make. I mean, I've had that happen in like martial arts, you know, in Aikido classes, where the other person you like acknowledge seeing each other, and that like takes a lot of this a lot of the suck out of it, Uh, but doing that for people who are in a space where they're not quite sure, they're at their first parkour class or at their first Aikido class, but just saying, and and like, yeah, it's coming from the grand poobah at the top of the food chain, but when they say, yes, I see you and and you can convey that you understand the place that they're at, then that makes people feel usually way more comfortable, like, okay what's happening to me is normal and expected. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's a huge, uh, I didn't used to think that that was, you know, like, well, that's easy to do. I see you, there, I did it. It's exactly. like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, you have to actually be coming from a place that conveys that you really do understand. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge, that's a I don't know how to word it, that's a huge piece of work or very important labor that maybe we're not, as a, like, like as a whole national community, maybe we're not doing enough of that work for each other just in general. Yeah. And that that plays out in a million, obviously, places. I think you and I are going, yeah, 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 that's obvious. But maybe that is, I was thinking before about compassion. I was going to say to you, when I say the word compassion, who's the first person you think of? I think of Sensei. Which one?
0: Sensei Kyle.
1: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So that, and I was thinking of that earlier. And now I'm thinking you have also mentioned earlier that he had seen you in situations. And at first maybe you didn't recognize that, but now I'm telling you stories, it's clear that you recognize that now. And there's that thread again that we were just talking about, that idea of saying to someone, I see you, and that mm-hmm. that may be the most important thing you do as a teacher, leader, healer, instructor, whatever modality you want to be in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, I, when I, when my senior students started teaching on their own, <clears throat> I had a three-part thing. I told them, these, these are three things you need to do today when I'm not there. You need to make sure that this person is safe, Hmm. Then you need to make sure that they're having fun. Right. And then help them to understand that they are progressing. That's all we need to do. Right. And so when I'm working with my new exercise uh, students at the, the wellness center, it's the exact same thing. Right. Like I. It's kind of crazy. You know, one of the other impetuses for starting the exercise classes is because my clients would go. They say, OK, I'm going to, you know, I think it, I, I'm trying to start exercising a little bit more. And I'd be like, OK, great. Where are you going to go? I'm going to boot camp down the street. OK, great. No problem. Two weeks later, they walk back in and their knees hurting or their back's hurting or what, you know, all these different things. Right. So like keeping people. I want people to know whether it's at the dojo or at the office is that I have their best interest in mind. Right. Like I see the bigger picture for you and I want you to feel safe here right. to try the things that we're talking about. I'm not going to give you way more than you need. I'm going to give you just this little bit right now and we're going to stay here until you feel comfortable with that. Right. Right. And it's kind of crazy how so many other places don't think like that. It's just amazing. Like, how are you going to keep students if they come back and their back hurting? Right. Like how they don't want to keep doing that. And especially older people. When it's harder to recover and those kind of things, people get really nervous and afraid. Am I going to hurt myself for, yeah. for good? All of that kind of stuff, you know. So, <clears throat> I do a lot of um, body weight exercises and crawling and all of those kind of things. Or, you know, like you, you can—it's easy to graduate that kind of thing. You know, like if you're going to do a, <laughs> a bear crawl type thing, right? And the person gets in that position and they can't hold it for a second. Great, no problem. Let's take it back down, right. you know, all uh, hands and knees and feet on the floor. Maybe we just elevate for 30 seconds, yeah, you know, that kind one, of thing, you know, and just give them an opportunity. Like what, what people want is to feel like they're being successful. And so no matter how small that is, like that's, that's, that's great for them. Yeah. We know that they're going to get better and better but right now. Here's where they are. And let's spend time there.
1: Yeah. yeah. My mind is wandering back to an interview I did in 2017 with a school teacher, like a headmaster of a school in um Copenhagen to outside of Copenhagen. And he said that the the fundamental is the key and that the, the most important thing is in the word fundamental, F U N. It's just like when you're yeah. talking about play, I'm just like, oh, that reminds me of exactly something that I heard. And not that it's a, a trite thing, but it's like the more people that I interview and the more people I talk to, and the, and the, the variety is just getting broader and broader. It's like it's the same. I keep coming up with the same threads, which is great. I love finding the same people I love finding that people are all energized and passionate about similar things because that tells me that as a human race there's a chance for us all because if we all actually agree on what the, like, the key parts are fun and safety and enjoyment then we can all go do our own thing cuz we all agree yeah. on the basics. Yeah. Just my I'll put, I'll push my soapbox.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, off to you know? the side. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're older, you know, you're in the fifties and sixties and you're getting started with this, maybe you did a lot when you were younger, but you're right now, you're just kind of starting all over again. Mm. Like nobody wants to do something that they feel awful about. <laughs> so you have to, yeah, you have to make it easy and smooth for them and give them small se- reasons to celebrate and, have a good time and feel like they want to come back and you know and at the same time i'm i'm i know that i would imagine that my teaching technique would be different from them if i didn't have aikido you know sometimes i'm the same way Mm. you know as i am in the dojo as i am in the, the wellness center with them you know it's like i want you to give me your best and that's going to be enough for me but i want to see your best yeah So every once in a while, I kind of catch myself like, (laughs) well, not martial arts concert. (laughs) The other thing that I ask people in the beginning when they're starting with me is what are the 10 or 15 or 20 movements that you never want to lose? That's very helpful to people because they don't think about that. Do you want to be able to walk up the steps without holding on to the rail? How about coming down? You know, when you, when you can do those things, you don't think about them at all. Right. And then you start to, we all have these slow de- declines in one way or the other, and if we're not paying attention. And then the next thing you know, that you can't get that thing out from under the bed because you're afraid to get down on the floor. I have clients that are afraid to get on the floor. Right? And so we make a list. Like, what, what are the things that you are not going to, that you're always going to be able to do? Do you want to be able to put your luggage... On the overhead. overhead at in the plane,
1: hmm.
0: right? It's okay if you have someone who can do it for you and you don't mind, but is, did, you, did that happen because you can't do it or you, you just were? You, they're just there and you, it's okay, you know? So, like, do you want to be able to walk, you know, four or five miles? Do you want to be able to, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, pick up, you up the
1: know? groceries, pick up the grandkids. That's yeah, right. That.
0: Yeah, you know, getting things in and out of the trunk, being able to squat down to pick up the little, the mm-hmm. smallest ones, you know, children. And that just turns some light bulbs on for folks, because then they start to realize that there are a couple of things that they're not able to do as smoothly yeah. and easily.
1: Here's one that should be on my list. It's not. I've already lost it. Right. You know, that, that why. You're starting with why.
0: Yep, exactly. You know, I, I, that's so nice that you brought that up, because I just, I'm just all about that these days. Like, what, why am I, what, what's the reason I'm going to put myself through all that it takes to be a little bit stronger or have my cardiovascular system work Mm. a little bit better? Why am I putting myself through, you know, all that people put themselves through through Aikido and all of that kind of stuff, you know, like, like, how is this going to impact my life? We have to understand that first because, you know, when I was a younger practitioner, I didn't go through that with folks. And so, you know, you have folks that come in and it's like, yeah, you know, my back's bothering me. I really like it to be better. And they'd stay for a little bit, but then they'd leave before we're actually solving the issue because they really didn't understand that this was impacting their lives. It was important for them to do that. And so helping people to slow down in the beginning and see the benefits that taking care of this, whatever the thing is, is how that's going to help them. But I think maybe even more importantly, it's better to help them understand how that's going to help their family or their work situation or whatever, you know, people are willing to do things for others that they're not willing to do for themselves. And so, you know, if I have someone who's trying to trim back on their drinking, their alcohol, or trying to trim back on smoking or thinking that they need to start, you know, exercise a little bit more, you know, I will often kind of go through this. Well, what difference does it make if you're, if you're drinking less, let's say. And they'll say, well, you know, I, uh, I think it'll just be good. You know, I think my health is going to be better. I'm like, well, what difference does it make whether your health is better? Right? And we just kind of keep going, keep going. And I tell them, I'm going to be a nudge here. Yeah. Right? Because this is not going to be an easy journey. If it was easy, you'd be, you would have done it already. <laughs> you'd
1: look like what you wanted to look like, right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> right? And so we have to understand that when those difficult moments happen, let's say someone's trying to stop smoking. A lot of people smoke after they eat. It's not even a a thought. It just happens. You know, it's just, they're an automatic pilot with that. So in that moment, after you finish your spaghetti, what are you going to do next? Making changes in our habits is not an easy thing. And so they have to be aware of why am I going to suffer? You know, Mm -hmm. why am I going to put myself through this? Why do I need to figure this out? Why do I have to come up with a different routine? And I think that really helps people a lot. I think that it's a, it's a little bit of a pain of a thing to do because they're fairly new clients most of the time. yeah. And I'm being a real nudge there. Right. But when they, when we get there, when they really understand, you know, I had a guy whose father had passed away from lung cancer and he was a smoker. This client was a smoker. So he's, you know, had heard that acupuncture can help a lot with smoking sensation, cessation and, uh, so we went down this road, you know, I just kept asking why, 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 you know, and I could see him starting to raise his eyebrows at me a little bit. You what know? are you
1: doing? Just stick me. Let's go. Right? right.
0: And then, but when we, when we, you can tell when you hit the, the juice, right. You get to the real sweet spot because all of a sudden he just sat back in his chair and he started to tear up a little bit. It's like, you know, my daughters, I want to be able to walk down the aisle with them and they're young now. You know, so we got another 10 or 15 years before that might happen. And I want to be there for them. Oh, okay.
1: Now put your finger on that. Yeah. And let's go. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And let's get started. Right. How do you keep that fluffed up in front of you when you have those difficult moments, you know, but typically it seems like it's, it's a little bit emotional is where like the, like the, not the intellectual understanding. It's when it gets emotional for folks Mm. that they start to like, oh, okay, this is really important. Like, you know, I have a a, a new client now whose um, uh, son is imprisoned. So he's raising his grandkids, you know? So, you know, he's got to really work. uh, He's got his own health issues and he's got a little one running around, you know? And so he's, like, it's very clear to him that we don't know what this other situation is going to be with his son. So it could be years that he's taking care of this little guy, you know? Mm. So... Yeah, when you bring that forward for people, and it's kind of like, oh, shoot, yeah. There are people and things that are really important to me, and I have to be there for them. You know, I I often will ask my clients who are grandparents, you know, like, do you believe that there's anything that you're going to, that you have to offer to your grandchildren that no one else can give to them? And they sit back, and they're just like, wow, uh, well, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm like... Like, you know, your family history, you know, you know, like, like no one's going to tell the story of your parents, right. (laughs) The way that you are going to be right. So it's, and you know, it's just so important, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm stumbling a little bit because I, I can get very passionate about that. You know, I think that it's just so helpful for people to understand that like they matter to other folks, you know, and not just on a surface level, like there's a bigger picture here. And taking care of myself so that I can be present for the situation that's going to happen 10 years from now. Like, oh, yeah, you know. You know, like if you're having if you have kids around, I don't have any children, but, you know, if you have kids around, I see them asking questions that are just like coming out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And mentally, you need to be sharp if you want to. Right then in the moment, you've got to say something that's really going to help the situation. Right. Right. But if we're not mentally sharp, if we're not cognitively healthy, then you end up saying something maybe you didn't really want to say. So thinking about, I hel- like helping folks think about their their bigger legacy, let's say,
1: you know, so. All right, I'll give you a really, a really hard question. Having, having discussed what we've been talking about here, if somebody is listening and they go, oh, that sounds really cool, but I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Like, I've never experienced that. I've never seen it. What is something that you can think of or two, some things you can think of or three that, that we can say, okay, drop your headphones and go, I don't know, go find a martial arts class. Go, like what? what, how can we actually attempt, since you can't, this person I'm imagining, you can't actually train them. We don't know who this is is there something that we can say to them that would give them a place to look or us someone to look for? Or something to, no, no, no. For like this discussion that, well, I mean, maybe it is, maybe it is MA, but this discussion we're having about people have trouble seeing themselves as being valuable. They have trouble Mm. finding their why and understanding how to move forward. If somebody hears us say all that and they were like, I would like to do that. How can we, what can we suggest to them, if anything? Mm. that might get them started on that journey
0: because mm-hmm. you can't
1: they're not going to come to your studio mm-hmm. as you know that's the scenario
0: yep yep well i really advise folks when they're going to a new doctor or they're getting a new dentist or maybe they're you know going to see a new therapist to feel like they're interviewing them oftentimes because there's a professional involved, it feels like the professional's in charge of this yeah. interaction had wait, that we have. I had have. to
1: wait two weeks to get an appointment, and I only have half an hour, and he's also doing other things. Right,
0: yeah. right. And, and because it's on your insurance card, that doesn't mean you have to see that person, Yeah, you know? So if you have an idea of what you're looking for in that person, having the freedom to feel like you can, you know, you can choose this person or not choose that person is, I think, helpful in the beginning. You know, when I I was saying before, when I went to see Sensei Kyle's dojo for the first time, I was very clear what I needed and what I didn't need. There were places that were short that were shorter distance drive to get to, but everybody was, you know, it was just chest stuck out and, you know, prancing around the dojo like in you know, like they had solved some big mystery, you know, like at twenty one or <laughs> yeah, like, seventeen or yeah, so, you know, I just I was a hundred percent sure that all the fluff just wasn't necessary. It was just, it was going to be an interference. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question right, but.
1: They're not really questions. I'm mostly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I said it was a hard question. Yeah.
0: It's it's a hard one. Yeah. You know, if you're going to uh, try and find a new exercise, a place to go exercise, or you're looking for a trainer or somebody like that, you know, I think that, I think it's just like, I think that sometimes people just think I'm supposed to fit into that situation. Or mm-hmm. how they do it, and I don't think that's true. I like, think if you get clear that you want someone who understands how to work with people who are fifty and older, or you want someone who's not going to throw a lot of weight on you to the first class, you know, like be honest about that, and then when you go and you're at, you can ask the right questions, or you can participate and see kind of what's going on, and be okay staying there or not staying there.
1: Mm. I think that's a good answer. That's
0: yeah, being just sometimes it's just being like true we're not yourself, willing right to. Yeah. Be honest with ourselves about what we need and what we want, you know? Yeah. I see that a
1: lot. We've only ever so briefly touched on your childhood and you, you sort of set it up as something that you wanted to, I I always say skate off of, like you, you gave it as a thing that you skated off of it. So I'm not fishing for your childhood, but I'm wondering, is there anything that you can think of like say pre adulthood, like before you're 18, someone that you saw either in your life or on the movie screen, somebody that you saw that you thought was really inspirational?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say my grandmother, my mom's, uh, my mother's mother, her name was Ruby. And she lived with my my mom and dad and I from the time I was, I want to say five or six. Um, and she passed away when I was at college, when I was 21. She was, just amazing when I learned more about her, like we would just sit and talk and she'd tell me stories about my, my mom and my parents. Somehow or another, my mom and dad, their mothers knew each other when they were young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's, so they, my, my grandmother Ruby would tell me stories about my, my father's family and all Mm -hmm. of that. They knew each other. And she, I think I understand more about my possibilities from her, she raised seven kids. I don't know exactly when my grandfather left, but I would for a lot of my mom's years, I think that she was my grandmother was taking care of these kids by the by herself, you know, and of course, working, my mom tells these stories of standing on a step stool cooking for everybody, you know, and she was like like a yeah. very small child, you know. <laughs> but yeah, like she just would do what needed to be done. And she was very physically strong and just, you know, just very, very loving and just taught me more about just do it, you know, let's, let's just go ahead and get it done. And I just really appreciated her for how, how loving and caring she was. And yeah, yeah. I think that After she passed away, I talked to her almost every day for probably the first seven or eight years. And I wouldn't have said that I knew that she was, that I would have done that, that I needed her that much, you know. But yeah, they tell this story about her. You know, she was a, this is when they were living in Georgia or Florida. And she was doing a lot of sharecropping, farming, and picking cotton. And they tell this story about her leaning over this wagon somehow or another and picking up a hundred bale of cotton with her teeth. <laughs> I don't know if it was a dare or what the deal was with it, but yeah, like she just did it, you know, whatever needed to be done. She just did it. And just amazing. You know, it's so easy now to be discontent, you know, with all that we're dealing with. Even now with with... You know, I mean there's a lot to be, you know, nervous about with the COVID stuff, you know, but and like I think we're 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 living pretty good lives, most people. And we got more opportunities and more access to more information and technology and you know, there's always gonna be really difficult times and things are you know, that's how life goes. It's up and down, up and down, you know. But when I think about her and all that she managed and took care of with very little resources. It's like you know, it just makes me want to stop whining. You know, let's just let's just whatever needs you need to do for yourself, let's just do it. You know,
1: anything else? So I asked you earlier about anything you wanted to make sure we get to during the interview, anything else spring to mind now that we're like chest deep in the swimming pool and you mm-hmm. see how I what I'm going to do with <laughs> with our yeah. time? Anything else spring to your mind that you want to talk about or bring up? Or?
0: You know, I think that it's really useful. I tell my keto students that we can get some of the teachings and learnings from that in other places. Maybe we could, you know, be meditating. We could go to the the local, um, there's a Taoist meditation center near, near us. And so, you know, we can go there and really get a lot of the same teaching. So it doesn't have to be Aikido, but it just so happens that we all like to run around and sweat it up and do all the you know, be very physical But I think that it's really useful for folks to understand what is, what they have and what they don't have and what they need in order to make their lives whatever they want it to be. And, you know, to take that on, if you're just kind of moving through life because the wind is blowing you this way or that way, then, I don't know, it just feels like we have to be thoughtful about that, you know. I need more of this. I need to understand myself better in that way or this way. And then find something that you can commit to that's going to move you through that. You know, when Sensei Kyle started acupuncture school, I had graduated and became a teacher there, assistant teacher. And he just insisted that I call him Kyle. And I'm like, what are you talking about?
1: I remember this. He
0: just, I mean, I remember, (laughs) I mean, one time we were in the hallway and he just like was just... (laughs) raising his voice. Like, he's like, you have to, nobody needs to know that, blah, 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 blah. You know, he had this story <laughs> that being a police officer and being a military person and being a martial artist was not going to fly in that environment. You know, and I was like, that's not true. It's not true at all. It's so funny, you know, like we can just make up stories. And if you don't slow down and check our beliefs, if we don't slow down, and is this really true? What do I believe? Hmm. First is slow. It is, you know, tough enough to get to, right? You have to like really slow down and be conscious about that question. What do I believe about this? Or what do I believe about my relationships or work or men or women, people of color or martial artists, right?
1: Us versus them, right? Yeah, Just...
0: right. Like if if we can get close to that and understand what do we truly believe, then then we have a chance to, to see if it's true or not, right? If it really works, right? Like, having beliefs that aren't going to take you where you want to go, you just end up running in circles.
1: (laughs) Oh, you've seen my life, have you?
0: (laughs) I wouldn't say that at all about you. I mean, as much as, I'm going to skip to the side here a little bit, as much as I was upset at the time when you stopped, your doing that gave me the impetus to do so,
1: too. Uh Uh-oh. Right? (laughs) Yeah, I I I know what you mean, yes.
0: Yeah, you know, like, if... I understand uh, about how to navigate all of this from my teachers, you know? And so, yeah, you know, I think you're doing, I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to you in a while, but it seems like you're doing fine. <laughs> yeah. You got a nice big smile. So I think you're doing just fine. But yeah, I, I think I really ask the students a lot, you know, and ask my clients a lot to be honest with themselves about what they want and what they think hmm. so that we can make whatever course corrections we need to make. I just think it's awful. People get to the end of their life and and didn't get what they needed or wanted from life.
1: Never even thought about what they wanted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, really, what's going to make me happy? I don't think there's anything more important than your own personal happiness. And I've been with my wife, I want to say it's 17 years, 16, 17 years. And I think that sometimes from the outside, when we're hanging out with friends and talking, or having dinner, you know, they'll ask us questions about how we handle this or that, you know, and we'll say something that uh, resembles the fact that she's responsible for herself and I'm responsible for me, you know, and (laughs) I, that's not
1: what people expect. No, you you get a little look, (laughs) you're like, Oh,
0: you know, if I leave my socks on the floor, or if I leave my dishes someplace, it's not her responsibility to pick it up. It's mine. Right. Right. And so, but that's only come from us really digging, choosing to keep looking and looking and looking. What's going to make me happy? What's going to make her happy?
1: Yeah. Why are we in this relationship?
0: Right? Yeah. Why are we doing this thing? You know, I'm very proud to say that when we first got together, we actually created a document that said what we wanted and what we didn't want, what we wanted our union to be about. And we kept it on the fridge for years, you know? And, and like when you say that to folks, are just like, wow, that's amazing. But anybody can do it. Mm hmm. You know, like it's so, so interesting. Two people come together. She actually grew up in Ohio. I grew up in Southern Maryland. Family was very, very uh, religious. My parents, not so much. You know, like we have all these differences, right? So if you don't spend time really sorting through who are you, who am I, what do I want, what do I not want, then how is it supposed to stick? You know, there's, there's so many opportunities for it to be difficult and hard and to let go of the whole thing because you're trying to like, like there's so many obstacles to jump over if, you, if you're yeah, not the, aware the, of them.
1: The biggest obstacle is that you, unless you're going to hit the big veto button and quit, you can't get away from each other. It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I can go for a run for 20 minutes if I need to let off steam. But yeah. when I get home, guess what? Like my wife is still going She's to still be like the right? So Exactly. Yeah. I, ho- I hope so. <laughs> I hope yeah. so. Right? It would be really a bad day. Yeah. Um, but that's, to me, that's like the biggest, it's not a problem, but that's the biggest hurdle is it's like, as long as you're going to stay committed to the concept of the, commit to the idea of the relationship, then the biggest hurdle is that you're staying in the relationship yep. it's like okay that's the bedrock we're standing on so what's next well it doesn't really matter about this or that let's find a solution for those things that's
0: right that's right and don't stay being miserable like we're not going to do that so we got to sort sort yeah. through these pieces that out. Out, let's or? just keep talking right yeah yeah you know there's an interesting thing that i struggle with I struggle i don't know if i want to say the word struggle but that always piques my in- yeah, interest yeah. you know like it, it keeps popping up you know, is uh this conversation about Aikido being a useful martial art.
1: Well, yeah, whether or not it is.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing because if you've ever met Sensei Kyle or Sensei Worth, you wouldn't be asking such ridiculous exactly. questions. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But anyway, you were saying.
0: Yeah, you know, and uh, there's this, you know, my students have brought to me this guy uh, who uh, I think he's in, a, in Europe someplace, but he was a... Uh, Aikidoist, uh, Aikido Ka, for many years and studied under this guy. And then it's just all of a sudden just switched gears and decided that Aikido was not useful in any way. And so I don't know. I don't just feels like. Number one, is that really an important question? Because I like I said, I'm, I'm not expecting to be to need to use all of that. But number two, I mean, people are, you know, police officers use you know, these, these yeah. things. I mean, like it's used all the time. You know, what I think is, makes that question keep coming up is that people are trying to make it s- systematic. You know, they're trying to like, uh, oh, when they grab my arm, I'm supposed to do the knee Yeah.
1: Where's the flow chart?
0: <laughs> yeah. Ex- yeah. And it's like, it's, it seems really useful to make sure that people understand that all of these practices that we're doing, that's just kata. Mm. You know, that's just a practice. It's like, you grab my arm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, right? So after a while, the real fun comes, you know, when you're doing rondori and you're you're, you know, just dealing with whatever it is in front of you. But I think that a lot of Aikido schools just aren't thinking that way. And so I, I guess that's where the question comes from, because as you said, I'm, there's some folks in our group that I am terrified of. Like I would <laughs> never want to be on the yeah, <laughs> difficult side. I would not side. want to
1: run into you and startle you by accident in a yeah. dark alley, right? <laughs> even
0: with Sensei Kao, when he was in the chair, like I never knew him standing. Oh. He was in the chair when I Yeah, I was going to ask him. about
1: that. I wasn't sure when exactly you met him. But,
0: but- I was a hundred percent sure I would never have gotten over on him. You know, like he was just so aware, you know? And so I guess that's really the, the thing I wanted to speak about is like, I'm just not sure that I don't really care to be honest, you know, whether Aikido schools are really thinking about the martial side of, of things, like whatever feels good to folks is that's what they should do. So that's kind of what I meant by like, is it really important? You know, there's a, yeah, would, a camaraderie, go, there's a, a, you know, a thing that's going on that really draws those are people you doing in.
1: Are you doing good for people? Yeah. Okay, cool.
0: They're, they're really enjoying it and that's fine. But I think the question The question comes up maybe because of that. There's just so many different schools and different thoughts about Aikido, you know. But that's one of the things that I've really loved about Kinokawa is that there is a, a huge emphasis on that, you know. Like after a number of years, I actually got to the place where I was nervous if somebody popped out on me. Cause I knew all of this stuff and I was going to be present to it, but I didn't know if I was going to be able to control it in a way that was going to be useful. So I think, I think I lucked up, I lucked up in a good school.
1: Oh, I, I know I did. I I would agree with you on that. I'm not saying you lucked up. I'm sorry. I agree. I lucked up. Yeah. Um, I stumbled, you know, the, the story is hysterical. It was like a coworker's girlfriend worked with someone whose boyfriend had studied like five classes with And it was like, on a whim, we all went on one, you know, Friday night to a class or something. Yeah. And I just kept going. It's like, you know, crazy coincidence. And it took me many years, but a, a while ago, I came to the conclusion that I think Aikido gets a bad rap because Aikido tries to say, and I mean like this is the goal, not like it tries and fails, but like the goal is to say, yeah, the highest level of a martial art would be to protect the attacker. Yes. My personal safety or whatever I was doing martially that's a foregone conclusion in the highest level. That's a foregone conclusion and protecting the person who for whatever mistake or whatever injury they had previously suffered, they're causing the altercation, the antagonism, the physical assault that's the ideal yeah. that is not what it looks like i mean I've, I've seen that i've seen like personally i've had two experiences where with no effort on my part i completely wiped somebody out and it was more like a i'm putting that wand down because that was not something i was in control of when it happened and if that hadn't been a skilled mm. person at falling i would have just seriously hurt them yeah so i've seen glimpses of it i've certainly been on the receiving end of that on the receiving end of people dealing with you know my ridiculousness like, yeah. with a flick of a wrist <laughs> but that that Um, the fact that Aikido puts that out there as Mm. like, this is our ideal, then I think people, that draws people to like want to say, oh yeah, let me see, prove it. Mm. And I think what gets lost in that approach is that, People, it's like, no, no, I didn't say that I could do that yeah. every time yeah. with a gun to my head. I said what I'm working toward is this mm-hmm. ideal. So, that I think that's where the first split occurs, like where that question comes up. Yeah. And certainly, if you have an Aikido school that is doing a softer style and saying that they want to be that martial effective, then people are going to come at them and say, Look, there's, you, there's absolutely nothing happening here. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having a soft yeah. martial art, there's really good internal arts. There's nothing wrong with that per se yeah. um, it's that aikido's um, i want to say attempt but i don't mean like attempt and failure but i mean like aikido's desire its urge oh o- sensei's idea of like i wish i could create a thing that did this mm-hmm. that that's what draws the criticisms know mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. I got over that a while ago too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe draws a criticism, but also maybe it draws the right people too, you
1: yeah. know? And I think the criticism is good. Like, I think it's good. It's, it's bad if you have something that's off in its own little cul-de-sac and nobody ever, you know, asks questions of it or just like, mm-hmm. whoa, that's the crazy people. Like, you don't want that to happen. You do want a uh, conceptual challenge, physical challenge. You want people to ask questions. yeah. Yeah. From a place of respect. There but you beyond go. That, like, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah. No, I always I always joke, like you know, Tracy and I've been together for I think was it tw uh twenty nine years. I don't know, mm-hmm. I do the math. And I, I used to always make jokes like long ago no free Aikido demos in bars or stuff. Like, none of this, like, my husband can beat up your head. Yes, like no, 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 no. Yes. Like, we just that we, nobody <laughs> knows. Like, because first of all, I don't know that it actually would work against three pissed off drunk people, and I don't want to find out. That's right. Um, yeah. So, I've always liked the way that the all the martial arts training, and I've done some, a few other things to lesser degrees. Um, all the martial arts training that I've chosen to do has always made me feel like a better person. Not like a more capable fighter. And I'm like, that's what I always needed. That's what I always wanted.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think that, you know, you see these videos, you got jujitsu against kung fu, and, you know, people are always (laughs) going to want to compare. But yeah, you know, I I would encourage people to get involved in any kind of aikido because it's the, the, because the, the, that intention that you just spoke about, it, In order to be able to do that, you must be easier with difficult things. Yeah. And so that practice constantly, this is what I mean about being honest about what you need in your life and having something that's going to allow you to move towards that, helps you move towards that. You know, like it's the same. It's the same as somebody who's, you know, criticizing your your new shoes or Mm -hmm. something like that, right? That person that is saying that or the person that's coming at you with a bat, you know, it's the same kind of feeling inside we you know we get offended and scared and all of those kind Small, of things. Right. yeah so how do we manage all of that and I think that martial arts uh, can really help you be easier with th- those kind of things and then therefore make you have you uh, have a smoother time with all the difficulties to show up in life you know, you know our mat is blue at the dojo and so I tell folks like this is just our big blue experiment scientific, uh you know, lab, you know, this is our ex- place to experiment because that's the truth, right? The, after you are there for a while and you're able to manage Rondori and just kind of flow through it, then you know that you're going to do better in life. It,
1: how can they be separate from one another? Karmashala, I want to be mindful of your time and you actually shared, I thought was a terrific story, a heartfelt story about your grandmother, Ruby. (laughs) Um, But I'm going to ask if there's another story that you might care to share. I I personally love to collect stories, not like a Pokemon. I want to have all the stories, but I twofold believe that when you hear someone tell a story, that's like one of the best ways to get to know someone is to hear the story they pick, how they tell it, the passion, their voice, all that. Mm -hmm. So part of what I'm doing with these interviews is I'm just damn curious. I want to hear people's stories. Yeah. I want to get to know them. But also capturing those stories for others to hear is becoming increasingly important to me. So that's why I ask, yeah. is there a story that you'd like to share?
0: Yeah, I do. I've got a couple. So I remember coming up to the Allentown Doo <laughs> and practicing with you. And, and this was how it was all the time, that when you decided that you didn't want me to gain an advantage in our practice, you would just do, I would, you just flick me away. Like just, I guess what I want to say is that there were times when you decided that I wasn't going to be able to get the attack in or do whatever it was. And so this being denied, you know, over and over and over again was just so crazy for me in the, in the moment. But one of my greatest Memories. Now, you know, like I just think that life—it's nice to have something that keeps teaching us to be resilient. You know, and just stay in the game and just, you know, just keep playing. You know, when I do that with students now, you know, like I don't, I don't, can't say that I do it as much as you did, but, but I will do it with students because it's nice for them to understand that, you know, how it is. Folks get a little further along and they start to think, oh, oh, I got it, I got her, you know. <laughs> yeah. And all you've been doing is practicing from a teacher's perspective, you know. But uh, yeah, it's just like this. I just loved it. I just, I would come. I would be so sore leaving the those practices, but I was just so excited. I get home and I would, I would film all the, all of our, all of the seminars. And I get home, and that very night, I would watch them all over and over and over again. It's just so. When you say that to folks, you know, and I, I, most of the time I don't even tell people. I didn't, I I never was a big one to to talk about it, but, and I was super excited about it. You know, I would tell, you know, this person or that person, you know, yeah, it comes out. Exactly. But I don't even tell people anymore because you can't explain it. You can't explain why that's useful, why that was good. So that's, I just, I just loved it. I mean, I remember one time you, out of nowhere, you just kicked me right in the hip and it didn't hurt but I just fell to the ground. Like you just took my weight right out from under me, my legs out from under me. And that just keeps me feeling like there's more, there's more, <laughs> there's more. Yeah. So, you know, one of the hardest things for me to do as a teacher is, keto teacher is to ask people to push themselves when I know that they're not mentally there. And so, I actually um, made it my, because it was so painful. Like you have these people, you build a relationship with them, you know, and you know that they had a hard day at work or whatever. You can watch, see how they come in. And I was saying how I watched them and I can tell they're not up for it, but that's the best time. Mm-hmm. So I would often, you know, really push myself to do that with them because it helps me as a teacher to, to know, to do what I think is really best, even though it doesn't might not feel or look to me like it's the best, but also to help them see that it doesn't really matter whether I'm feeling my best or not, I can show up. So I remember one time I was just so, like throwing this one person around, you know, like actually I was doing it with my hand, grabbing my hand and throwing them back and forth. And I know that people don't know what that is, but they would run at me. And then I would, they'd grab my hand and then literally just throw them out. And so they can flip into a roll or a break fall. And then they come back out and grab and throw them back and forth. Right. And I remember really feeling like, I'm not sure if this is enough for this person. And I'm looking at their face trying to see, are they really ready or to stop? Or they, can they do a little bit more? You know? And we kept going and we kept going and I kept watching them and watching them and watching them. And they did a probably about another 10 more than that when this conversation started in my head. And at the end of the... So I was literally inside myself, like sweating a little bit, right? Because I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want them to hurt themselves. Sometimes you get tired and your form starts to fall apart. But afterwards, the person caught up with me in the parking lot and said, man, that was the best ever. Like I didn't, when you called my name, I was, I was not wanting to get up there. I was like, oh shoot, you know, and the whole way through it, I was like, I think she's going to be done soon. I think she's going to be done soon. (laughs) One
1: more, one more.
0: (laughs) But it just really helped me to, to like, like, I didn't think I could do that. And like, just hearing that and feeling that, it's just like, you know, I think people are stronger than they, than they think. And it's nice, you know. So if, if, God forbid, this person gets knocked over in a parking lot, you know, like they've been there before. They've been scared and tired. And so they can stand up for themselves or take care of the situation and get out of there, or whatever they need to do for themselves, you know. And that's what, like at this point in my career, that's what feels good. You know, if you've never been super tired and been asked to do more, Like, how are you going to do that in your work life? How are you going to do that in your marriage? How are you going to do that if somebody, you know, grabs your purse? You know, whatever. Like, just being, being resilient, I think, is the key. You know, like, I just love it. I love being put in different situations and learning more about myself. And I think those students that hang around for a while, they really love it, too.
1: Thank you very much for sharing that. Yeah, I'm torn between telling you where I learned that from, and just I know going where you and, learned it from. <laughs> I learned that from Kyle, yeah, and from the other guys who trained up in Lehigh Valley at the time. But anyway, let's let's just move on from there. I thank you for sharing that story very much. It's yeah. um, it I'm never ceases to amaze me how the stories that the guests choose to share, the end of the story exactly lines up with the thing that they were been passionate about the whole time. It happens like every time, so. I really think that's a great story and really conveys your passion for martial arts and and what's kept you at it all these years. So I will just say, and of course, the final question is three words to describe your practice.
0: Well, I, I think that in all aspects of life, I'm interested in being forward thinking, really wanting to understand the benefits of all of this 10 years out, 15 years out. So I like to be truthful with myself you know, whatever we're doing truthful with my students, my clients as best that I can be and being truthful with myself, you know, being playful. I'll go with those. Yeah. Who wants to do something that's not fun? Mm.
1: Well, thank you very much, Car Michelle, as always over all the years, it's been a pleasure talking to you, especially today. Thank you for sitting down and taking the time.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you.
1: This was episode 83 For more information, go to moversmindset.com slash 83. And I'll leave you with a final quote from Jillian Michaels. It's not about perfect. It's about effort. And when you implement that into your life every single day, that's where transformation happens. That's how change occurs. Keep going. Remember why you started. Thanks for listening.